Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Tiana. And this is Next Door Villain. A podcast where we uncover the villains to discover their humanity. Hi. Um, my name is Tiana, and this is my attempt at talking about myself on a podcast. I'm a recent grad from an unnamed school. A few things about me. I like looking at the sunset. I love cats. I, I love cats. Um, I love all cats. I really do love cats. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm getting a, a little emotional. I'm just, I'm just thinking about how I just love cats so much. Um, I keep thinking about how there are cats out there, like Tom from Tom and Jerry, where they get beat up by a mouse and they get explosives lit up in their butt. And it makes me so sad. And I think all cats like Tom should just live with me instead so that they don't have to live with the tragedy of being bullied by a mouse that they chase. And I just love cats. And I like running too, but I also really like cats. Are you are you okay, Tiana? No. Is it- <laughs> I mean, yes, because I have... Because I am happy that cats exist. And that makes life worth living. I believe in a cat supremacy because, well, there's really no reason. <laughs> They're just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so to all the listeners out there, I, I know this is a bit Tiana is doing, but if you haven't picked up from prior episodes or just from Tiana's general vibe, um, she sort of gives off a very strong cat lover vibe, uh, which I think probably runs deep through her blood. Oh yeah, cat blood. <laughs> and she has finally figured out how we can talk about cats on this podcast. <laughs> because yes. today we are talking about Tom, Tom of Tom and Jerry. Tom the cat. The infamous Hanna-Barbera cartoon, which has been running for over 80 years. Wow. Tom uh, is which so is old. pretty incredible. Longest living cat. Yeah, that's almost longer than animation has been around. Oh, Obviously, yeah. it couldn't be longer than animation because that wouldn't make any sense. Didn't you say sometime that you were talking with someone and they said that when I walk into a room, you can tell I like cats? Like I give off a cat vibe. Didn't you say that one time? Like I've I've thought about that ever since then. I, I don't remember saying that, but... It sounds like the kind of thing I could have said, um, and it I definitely would would um, agree with that. <laughs> I think it is a fact. Um, before we dive in, I just want to say if if you're worried about Tiana um, and how sad she is about cats, one way that you can support her and make her feel better is by joining our Patreon at oh, okay. Patreon.com/slash/NextDoorVillain. It's it's new. So you can get it on the ground floor for as little as $3 a month or yeah, a little bit more if you want more benefits. But 
If you become a Patreon, you'll be able to vote on which villains we cover in future episodes. You'll get access to some very special bonus content that we're going to put out occasionally um, and, and a bunch of other benefits. Go on and check it out next door. Oh, wait. Uh, Patreon.com slash next door villain. We uh, would really appreciate your support. Like In all seriousness, this is just something that we do in our free time. And so it just warms our hearts <laughs> if you if you support us. Um, yeah, means a lot. And you get to be a part of a community, and you get special bonus content, and it makes you feel special. I will make you feel very special. Yes. Uh, well, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, that just came out. Uh, uh, okay. Weird, but all right, um... let's gloss over that and get back to Tom. Yeah. Tom, Tom. Uh, last name unknown, as far as I know. Tom Cat, maybe? Tom the Cat? Tom, yeah, just Tom. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. If you're not familiar with Tom and Jerry, what have you been doing? <laughs> um, it, it's a cartoon that's been around for 80 years. As far as uh, just a little um, reminder of what the cartoon is about, it's not that complicated. Tom's a cat, Jerry's a mouse. They antagonize each other. Tom's trying to hunt down Jerry and get him out of the house. And Jerry is just a sassy little mouse who's just just loves to aggravate Tom. And it's it's also pretty violent. I, I think earlier yeah. you mentioned a firecracker in the butt. Um, yeah, that really happened. <laughs> yep. Pretty kind on of, par. Yeah. Um, one of the more violent cartoons ever, I would venture to say. They really punch it out. Like a lot of these episodes are like in the 1950s and they're just like, bang, bang, boom. He's running over tomatoes and I don't know, getting his head stuck in a, a mouse hole. And that's very awkward for him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, yes, that is that is very awkward. Um, yeah, I, I want to give just a, like a tiny bit of brief history about Tom and Jerry because I, I, I found it to actually be quite interesting. I remember watching a lot of these cartoons growing up, but I, I didn't realize until I started researching for this episode how long Tom and Jerry has been around and how influential it was in the animation universe. So I, I would encourage you to go read more about it. I'm just going to give like the real brief here. So it was created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. They were animators working for MGM. And, and there's sort of an interesting story for how they came together and how they got to be there. And they came up with this idea and their boss was like, eh, I don't really like this, but whatever, just make your cartoon. So the very first Tom and Jerry episode was called Puss Gets the Boot. Sort of a nice. word play on Puss and Boots. <laughs> and they weren't named Tom and Jerry yet. At this point, they were Jinx and Jasper. Okay. Yep. And that original cartoon would go on to be nominated for an Academy Award. Wow, they really showed their boss. Yeah, but their boss was still like, he was like, all <laughs> Not right, good enough. Maybe, just maybe work on some other stuff. Like, the, you did your thing. I don't like this cat and mouse deal. <laughs> but then this, this woman who like was a part of this big television production or whatever was like, Hey, dude, when are we going to get more of that cat and mouse cartoon? And then the boss was like, all right, we got to make a bunch more now because people are interested and we're going to make a lot of money. And so then they, they got to make more Tom and Jerry cartoons. 
eventually Hannah and Barbera moved away from that studio um, and created their own um, Hannah Barbera, which is a really, really famous, well-known cartoon studio. I mean, they're responsible for the Flintstones, uh, the Jetsons. What else? Oh, uh, Scooby-Doo, Johnny Quest. A lot of the like most famous, most well-known cartoons. I wonder if kids today like know Hanna Barbera. Like Scooby Doo. Well, just in general, like Hanna Barbera was so big when I was younger. We were probably on the tail end of when it was in its heyday with their cartoons. So, but I, I wonder if because I don't, I don't know if they're even if they really exist anymore. Besides, just like reruns of old stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah. So for all you youngsters out there, not <laughs> if you're five, yeah, not that we're old, but um, Hanna Barbera was a big deal. This was like the cartoons that you watched Saturday morning. Also, just to note, just want to mention it, just because I feel like we're sort of in the business of like recognizing things that are bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that in the in the early cartoons and then that, liking it no in, uh, or hating it. yeah in this case we're gonna not like it okay <laughs> um and it's not just tom and jerry a lot of the cartoons in the early 1900s had a lot of you know, racism and sexism and tom and jerry was not immune they they did have a character named mammy two shoes who appeared in a bunch of early episodes uh she was black and and just very racist and sort of uh, the character was built upon sort of the ideas that um, came out of like minstrel shows and blackface. And she was even uh, often not voiced by a black woman. So pretty oh, wow. problematic. Luckily, not luckily. Yeah. I don't know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't until 1952 that character was totally phased out finally. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm not surprised one tiny itty bitty bit yeah so when when, yeah. when we say we love tom and jerry we're certainly not endorsing any of that stuff it's bad and, and and shouldn't exist but there's still a lot of tom and jerry that's really fun <laughs> that has nothing to do with with any of that it, it's won seven academy awards uh, more than any other cartoon in history wow yeah any other cartoon incredible. in history why like i like tom and jerry but like is it that their shenanigans are creative? Is so it, it, like... it was it was like in the early days. It it hasn't won an Academy Award in a long time, but it, it was like in the documentary short categories. They would make a lot of these like short docu or not documentary animated shorts category, and they would okay. often play before movies in the theater and. These like animated shorts were like, so popular for a time that like sometimes people just go to the theater specifically yeah. because they wanted to see these shorts at the beginning, maybe even more than the movie that was actually playing. And that and, and so yeah, in the early days, these cartoons were playing on the big screen primarily until TV came around, and then the cartoons like moved to television. And uh, I believe. Tom and Jerry was nominated for some Emmys. I don't I don't remember if it actually won. Wow. But very popular. Very popular. Just can't get over watching that cat getting hit with a tennis racket and then going into a dog pen and then seeing the light of death. Just yeah. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs>
Yeah. So that that's that's my very brief, very rough Tom yeah. and Jerry history backstory. Cool. So Tiana, how do you empathize with Tom? Tom, yeah. Well, first of all, I feel like I'm kind of like Tom because I have supported and facilitated the death of a mouse before. And I know that's bad, maybe objectively, <laughs> but like once I had to put down uh, mouse traps in my parents' house because we had a mice infestation and they were like a little sticky a sticky mouse, like no, sticky mouse Tiana, trap. No, Tiana, no. <laughs> Not the sticky traps. So there was a mouse that was still alive, but like stuck to the mouse trap. And I stood by as my dad took it and like threw it out the door into the air. And so this mouse did like an air surf on the mouse trap and like landed in the grass. And so I have been like Tom in which I've facilitated the trapping of a mouse that eventually like went airborne, like, okay. woo, like ride of my life and then land in the grass and then, and then probably died eventually. What? I have some opinions here. I, I know. know I've said some things on this podcast in the past that make me seem like I don't care about animals. Yeah. Um, and that's not true. <laughs> um, I do care about animals and I am ethically opposed to sticky traps yeah it is a slow torturous death i'm not i'm not opposed to trapping mice because they sometimes they're a nuisance and like you just have to deal with they were eating our bread yeah and unfortunately that's like sometimes you just can't coexist safely with mice so you have to deal with them i had a mouse problem at my last apartment and i thought that i would live trap them and then i would go release them but I read online that you have to take them over a mile away from your house. Otherwise, they can find their way back, which is bonkers. But I was also like still like kind of scared of them and nervous around them. So I they would go in my little trap and then I would use a pair of pliers to pick up the trap and put it into a giant pot with a lid. And then I put that in my car and then I drive them a couple miles away. <laughs> And let them out in this like field behind this warehouse. And they'd come out of the trap just like covered in their own poop. And they they would just like waddle out and they were just oh, no. looked like death. And then they would just like stand there in the open and like look around and they looked so scared. And then I was like, I can't release them all in the same place. Um, so I started releasing them at different places around town. Oh, you were like giving them little rides. You were like, I'm your Uber driver. Yeah. But then, so the short of it is I was basically sentencing them to a slow death because now I've taken them away from their home, away from their access to food. They're most likely going to get killed by a predator or just die because they've been sitting in a trap for 12 hours in their own feces and um, they're just not in a good enough condition to go survive in a random new place. So I ultimately decided that kill traps were the more humane, ethically sound thing to do. And then I proceeded to kill 12 more mice in my apartment. Wow. But I got the, yeah. the, the claw trap that like instant kills them. Yeah. You know, it's bleak when it's better to just die than like go out and try to live. Sorry, that's really bleak. But yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, sorry. That was a that was a big tangent. <laughs> hmm. We were we were um, empathizing with Tom. Yeah. And granted that was just one one time, like with the sticky trip. I think you can let that go. Yeah. You don't need to let it weigh heavily on you anymore. And then recently my cat did find a mouse. He didn't kill it though, because I was monitoring him. But anywho, another way that I empathize with Tom is that I respect the chase. Hmm. I respect the Tom and Jerry chase. Okay. What what do you what do you respect about it? I respect chasing what you want. I respect Tom hmm. chasing Jerry, okay? So I know it's absurd for me to think that. Because we know that Tom chases Jerry, gets his butt kicked, because Jerry humiliates him. Maybe he's chasing him, but Jerry knocks him with like a paddle and he goes into the ocean and dr- almost drowns. <laughs> and then the cycle repeats over and over again. He wakes up, he chases, he gets humiliated, wakes up, chases. It's the perseverance. Yes, first is the perseverance, okay? He does and he does the same thing every day, which is the chase. Many people would find it depressing that he does the same thing every day, you know. And you know, one reason why people might want Tom to stop chasing Jerry is because it doesn't seem all that fulfilling on the surface and it seems a bit agonizing for him, right? He, again, he's getting like explosives up his butt. So, um <laughs> I want to I want to challenge this though. I think there's some beauty in the midst of this endless cycle of chasing and doing the same thing over and over again, even though others might not think so. Sometimes we think this is kind of a depressing thought, but let's take a look at some of the beauty that ensued for Tom during this constant chasing and doing the same thing every day. Okay. Um, What's the beauty? (laughs) In the process, he's been able to figure out creative ways to beat up a mouse while playing classical piano. For example, like pressing the keys so that the keys hit and punch Jerry while Tom is making beautiful music. So he improved his musicality Um, in this shenanigan. He was able to see the sights in Spain with Jerry after they did some shenanigans there. Um, He was able to pretend to be a bull in a bullfight. Ole! When Jerry was a matador, which is pretty cool. And they actually, like, liked that. Like, at the end, Tom was like, well, I cannot defeat the matador, the Jerry matador, so I'm just gonna play the Spanish guitar with my cat friend and tell the misses of the household that we cannot defeat the mouse and we're just gonna be Spaniards with our little guitars. And they all lived happily ever after, including the mouse. And he was delightfully tickled by Jerry when Jerry was trying to defend himself. He was kissed on the cheek. By Jerry when Jerry was trying to distract him by showing him love, I guess. He developed not a hate relationship, but a love-hate relationship with Jerry, where there's some collaboration, like they're trying to get away from a dog that was chasing them. So it was collaboration as well as competition. It's the little things that count during the everyday chase that sometimes make the constant chase worth it. And I can bring this back to our own lives, too. Okay, I mean this in in, in not a bad way. Yeah, I actually was more on board and I understood what you were saying before you explained it. Oh, yeah. 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 Wait, do you understand anything of what I said, though? Um, I understand it. <laughs> yes. But you don't agree. That's OK. No, no, no. I, I agree with this idea that like there's there's something sort of inspiring about the ability just to continually get back up. And to work hard and to problem solve and to like constantly be chasing 
a goal because like that's something that I sort of struggle with. I'm really good at sort of getting an idea and getting really excited about it and then like working really hard on it on that first day when I'm excited, but I'm really bad at continually coming back to the same thing and working and working. I'm very much aware of that about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> I think most people who know me are kind of aware of that because like I just dabble in so many different hobbies because I get so excited about something, but I'm not like expert level at about anything. I'm yeah, like, which is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong. With I'm that. okay at a lot of different things, but I'm not an expert at many things. And it's because I don't have that perseverance to continually, mm-hmm. like every day, go back and try the new things. So I, I do get what you're saying that, and and through that perseverance, as, as silly as it is, he ends up doing some creative, interesting things. <laughs> yeah, and there's some beauty in that. You know, there's some yeah. beauty that you see in the perseverance perseverance can be beautiful and also the little things can be beautiful and so to take it to our own lives i already took it to my own life well i'm going to take it to my life or life in general um we as humans right we also wake up and do the same things and chase the same things every day (laughs) a lot of us do we chase money we chase relationships we chase fun we more or less do the same things every day. We wake up, we go to work to chase some money, we eat, we uh, chase some fun by having some fun, we drink a little wine, have a little whatever, <laughs> go to bed, and then we start over again, right? And we do the same things and chase the same things. And sometimes that like would make me kind of sad, where I was like, well, I want a little bit more variety in my life. Then I also realized there is some beauty in the monotony of the constant chase of our daily lives. For example, we notice the sunset every time we drive to work every day. Um, We notice the nice taste of coffee smoothly, lusciously entering our esophagus. We get to see the decorative offices or workplaces of where we work. We, We notice ourselves improve our social skills every day when we go to the grocery store or to the restaurant. And we get to know people in the process of kind of chasing them when we want to be their friend or partner. And we kind of experience the satisfaction of knowing we did the grind, even though it's kind of a constant chase. So it felt like Tom was really showing us that, yes, on the surface, it seems weird and sad, (laughs) but there are beautiful things about it that can ensue even in the monotonous Mm. chase. Yeah. So keep chasing, Tom. Keep chasing. Yeah. Now, myself, on the other hand, so I actually, I I think that's a very good point, and I agree with it. I sort of came at empathizing with Tom from a different direction. So whereas you saw like a beauty in the chase, I saw sort of anxiousness in the chase. I really felt like what I could take away from the Tom and Jerry story is that sometimes we shouldn't get hung up on the things that are challenging us or the things that are bothering us because Jerry is constantly antagonizing Tom. Honestly, like for me to even say Tom is the villain is a little bit of a stretch because that stupid little mouse is always trying to make Tom's life worse. But 
for Tom, I think it would be so helpful for him if he could just like relax and let it go. And for me, as someone who is very anxious, I, I saw a lesson in that, that Tom is, he's always bothered by Jerry and he lets that overtake his life. And because he's constantly chasing Jerry, he's constantly getting hurt and injured and all these bad things are happening to him, all these really violent things. And if he just like let Jerry be, if he just didn't worry about it, they could kind of like live in peace. Jerry would probably get bored of antagonizing Tom if Tom didn't react to him. And then things would just be fine. They wouldn't have this violent relationship. It's like the more you resist something or someone or try to fight it, the more it comes back at you. Yeah. <laughs> to hurt you, maybe. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's like dwelling on my anxious thoughts, like continually following the same thought over and over and over again, rarely gets me anywhere positive when like, really, if I could just, um, I sort of the idea that I talk about in therapy or meditation is that like, instead of dwelling on an idea, let's just like acknowledge it, see it, and then just let it float on and move past and then approach the next idea. Yeah. That can be really hard when you think like you need to solve a problem though. Like to Tom, Jerry is a problem. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the point is it is, it, it is really hard. And that's, that's why I empathize with Tom about it is that Jerry is such a pest, you, you know, and also to go back to this whole thing about, um, I wonder if Tom is even the villain at all is that like Tom is a cat who lives in a house where he is supposed to live and then jerry just like shows up and starts stealing food and just being a little punk and there there are episodes where tom's owner basically like threatens tom that he's going to be kicked out unless he catches the mouse so it's like <laughs> literally tom's job to keep jerry away and jerry like i think jerry knows that and just wants to make things bad for tom and it's just gets a calling. sick, he gets a disgusting pleasure out of yeah. making Tom's life a living hell. One of my favorite scenes that I watched recently is when Tom is trying to woo this like girl cat and she's like on the beach and they're having a picnic together and Tom is like, yeah, I'm gonna get with this foxy girl cat. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry puts a seashell in Tom's sandwich. So when he picks up his sandwich and he bites it, all of his teeth break, and then he has Aww. to swallow the the sandwich in front of the girl cat so that she doesn't think he's weird. He eats this entire seashell in a sandwich, and he has to gulp that down. Yeah, I mean, if, if a mouse did that to me, I'd pick it up and chomp on it right then and there. Yeah, yeah. Just... In the Tom and Jerry movie, the, the 2021 movie that came out that was, um, I think... <laughs> everyone forgot about because it was so universally hated yeah tom is like out on the street trying to make money by he's pretending to be a a blind piano playing cat and ethically not great that he's pretending to be blind to get money when like just being a piano playing cat probably could have gotten right that's impressive by itself like so he's got he's got this big crowd and like a lot of people are putting money in his jar and they're so impressed and then jerry sees that and he's like oh Mm -hmm. i could make some money 
Uh, and so Jerry like takes over and like basically reveals that Tom is blind to the crowd and then like does his own like dancing basically like upstages Tom for no reason. Like yeah. that's, that's how the movie starts. And so to me, at least in that movie, Jerry was very much the villain because Tom was just doing his thing and Jerry just showed up and was like, all right, I'm going to take over. Right. Jerry's the real villain. That's my that's, that's my your... <laughs> I agree that like Jerry sucks. I just felt that Tom was the default villain because he's the cat who chases the mouse and he kind of started on the offense in the very beginning, like the one who's like, I'm gonna chase you. So he's the one who's like trying to do harm first. I think I think there's a lesson in there about assumptions and that like That's true. There's there's sort of this assumption that when someone is sort of taking action against someone else that they are the negative aggressor i guess when if you took a step earlier you would have seen that jerry was the real villain if you take a step earlier you realize that jerry was the one who entered the house yeah though interesting to note when when hannah and barbara created tom and jerry their their intention was to create these like two opposing forces that were sort of equal um, and that we're in constant battle with each other. So I mean, really, when it comes down to it, they're, they're, neither of them are doing good things to each other. <laughs> At first, I thought, like, did they make this as like a metaphor for like how they feel towards their landlord or something? Like, <laughs> my landlord keeps bothering me. There is a fan theory out there, which I, I don't think makes much sense, but... It's this like really popular theory online that everyone's talking about that Tom and Jerry are actually friends and that Tom is pretending to try to catch Jerry, but not actually catching him because if Tom isn't pretending to catch Jerry, then the owner will just kill Jerry. Right. So you have to pretend that you hate each other. Yeah. So they basically have to pretend to be in battle so that the owner doesn't actually kill Jerry on his own, but he can never actually kill Jerry because they're actually friends. And And that would explain why they're chasing each other for about 80 years. Yeah. Just never ending into the abyss. It's a nice idea, but but they get pretty beat up like that. You think they could tone down (laughs) a little bit? That's why I think maybe it's like a love-hate. Like, I get the theory, but maybe it's a little more love-hate where they sometimes do hate each other, but then want to see how badly they can hurt each other for fun. Yeah, sadomasochist. Sadomasochism. Masochism. Yeah. Cat and mouse masochism. I do kind of think there's an element of that, that like, there's a thrill for both of them. Oh, yeah. We should, that, yeah, let's that, try it sometime. Let's chase someone. <laughs> All right. You you try it and then let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll run around town with like a tennis racket and yeah. to some tomatoes. See As how it a goes. white man, I think, <laughs> um, I think it's not a good idea for me to go violently chase someone. I don't think there's any way it's going to be. In, it's, I think it's going to be interpreted pretty bad. <laughs> like what, uh, when yeah. someone calls the police what am i going to be like oh it's a I was tom trying and to, jerry yeah i was trying to be like tom i'm a cat see tom who the cat from tom and jerry oh they'd be like all righty looney tunes i don't think that defense would hold up in court <laughs> uh 
You never know, but I do I do have a question. Okay. <laughs> um, so for us to relate to Tom, I want to know, have you ever chased someone, literally or figuratively? Besides, besides like playing tag, um, <laughs> or, you know, or, or something like that when yeah. I was younger, I don't know that I've really actually chased someone physically, though... I guess immediately sort of what comes to mind is there were some instances when I was younger where I was really, where I was being chased because I was like scared of snakes and people like my brother sometimes thought it would be funny to chase me with a snake. And that was one of the most terrifying things. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was the one who was chasing people with the snake. So. Oh God. Yeah. You're the worst. Because I'm not. I'm afraid of spiders, but I'm not afraid of snakes. I don't know why, but ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't I don't deal with snakes. Um, but as far as sort of figuratively chasing, yeah, I think I think I've done a lot of that. You know, I think you chase your crushes, whether you know intentional or like not. You know, not with bad intentions, but there's sort of a figurative chase of, and and I, I don't mean just romantic crushes. When I, when I say crushes, like I think crushes are for friends as well like whenever whenever you meet someone and you want to get to know them better and i have so much social anxiety and i have struggled so much with making friends because i'm sort of scared to like really go after them yeah which as i just said that sounded like a <laughs> like a bad thing to do um but for a lot of my life i just didn't make the effort because i was scared of how someone might react or i'm scared that they're not going to like me and this year in particular i've made a very intentional effort to go after friendships and it's been really scary for me um but i have made a lot of new friends and it's starting to be like really rewarding to like when i meet someone that i sort of instantly click with to get up the courage to be like, Hey, do you want to go do something? Or like, here's my number. Let's hang out. It's a difficult step, but the chase in those instances is worth it more often than not, especially as like, I don't know if you've experienced this Tiana, but after you get out of college, your late twenties, early thirties, it's sort of difficult to make friends because you don't have outside of work, you don't necessarily have like inherent places where you're meeting other people your age, like you do when you're in college. And sort of the realization I think for me is that like, oh, I felt like I was having a hard time making friends, but it turns out so did all the other people my age. Um, And it just took chasing them a little, I guess, having that courage and and it's generally worked out well. It's also hard, like culturally too. So like Mm -hmm. in the US, We might not even really realize it, but we have to like talk to someone many times before it's like socially acceptable to ask them if they want to hang out. You have to like get to know them in a different environment, maybe with a group of people first or Mm -hmm. at at an event or something a few different times. It can vary, but a few different times before it's socially acceptable to do that. But when I'm when I've been abroad it's not weird to meet someone and be like, do you want to hang out tomorrow? Uh-huh. Sometimes I'm really jealous of that, right? Because in the US, a lot of us are part of like an individualistic kind of culture. So we are separated from each other more. But then in other cultures, it's just like, let's just hang out. 
And then when I've tried to apply that in the U.S., people have literally said, that was really weird of you to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is annoying because it's it's really not actually. When yeah. you really think about it, it just makes sense. It's weird. It's weird that it's weird yeah. to like ask people that you like think are cool to hang out. Because the reality is if they don't want to, like they can, they should be able to just say no. And then yeah. you can be like, oh, that person doesn't want to hang out with me. So right. I don't so want to be friends with someone who doesn't want to hang out with me. And then you try someone else. That's the ideal. Um, honest, open communication. Normalize just asking people to hang out if you have good vibes. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Yeah, it is yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah. So what 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 about you? I yeah. for some reason see, for some reason it's like it's not hard for me to imagine you physically chasing someone. Really? <laughs> I'm very Tom like. And like yeah. but like giggling while you do it. Right. Like <laughs> Exactly like that. Uh so I have literally chased someone, like literally on foot chased someone. I've done it more than once, so your imagination is not too far off. So, Joe, you and I, we went to a college. Yes, we did. We went to a college <laughs> in Minnesota. And at orientation at that college, the little freshmen uh, during orientation week. First years. First years. Yeah. Sorry. Little freshmen is insensitive. <laughs> little freshmen. The first years, yeah, they wear these stupid little beanie hats i still have mine actually i don't but it's this little beanie hat to indicate that they're a first year and they wear it during the first week of orientation and every every first year wears their little yellow beanie hat uh to kind of show that they're new and it's just like a weird college culture thing on that campus and there is another college um that is kind of across the cemetery from our college and this college is a state school that um really really hates our college from what i can tell because we were a bunch of stuck up little brats who go to a liberal arts school i don't know uh I don't think it was a hatred as more of a fun ribbing maybe that too maybe i'm over exaggerating but they had this thing where they would steal they would come on campus uh, maybe undercover, and they would steal a first year's beanie hat off their head and run with it and well, take yeah. it. Whereas the beanie was a rite of passage for students at our college, stealing a beanie was uh, like a rite of passage at the opposing college. Yes. Yeah. So they would s literally steal the beanie. They would rip it off the head and then... People would like hide. They would like hide in trees and like yeah. jump out. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, Whoa! and they would take the, you know, the beanie off the head of them and they would run and then there would be a van waiting for them to jump in so that they can get away quickly with the beanie. And then like apparently in some of these college dorms at that college, they would have like a wall of beanies that they stole and you know and you know that they really utilized the skill of like the track people and the cross-country people at that opposing college in order to like do the beanie stealing because they would have to run in fact like one person from the opposing college would like stand right next to a first year at our campus and they start talking to them and like asking them about themselves and then boom takes it off their head when they're not expecting it and then runs all the way to the street and goes into the into the van. So, <laughs> 
so I was a sophomore maybe and so I wasn't wearing the beanie anymore (laughs) but I was like in the line of the opposing college kid running with a beanie that he had like stolen and he's really fast (laughs) but I thought I'm gonna get this beanie back and I tried and I ran really hard (laughs) then I fell like right smack in the middle of the grass thankfully it was the grass but I tried I was like I'm gonna be the hero and then I wasn't I just like fell on my face and it was like probably a track star that blew past me I I did I kept up for like a good chunk couldn't get to him and then I saw him jump into the van and then all the boys in the van were like "Eh, suck it and they saw me fall but I tried. I really tried. But I felt a lot like Tom because I was trying to chase the guy who stole the beanie. And they were like, that's hilarious yeah. that you would try that. That does sound like a very Tom experience. Because you're like humiliated too. and then But then I was like, eh, I'd do it again. I'd try it again. <laughs> well, good, good for you for trying to help out a, a young first year. At the end of the day, no one probably really cares. I bet it is kind of embarrassing to get your beanie stolen. I actually never got mine personally stolen. But, like, imagine being like, someone stole my beanie. And then you, like, have to file a police report because it's technically stealing property. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) All of our our listeners are like, (laughs) they're like, this beanie is so stupid. Why? I know. (laughs) Why would anyone care? People think it's interesting, though. I've told people about the beanie and people were like, wow. Yeah, they're like, wow, that's dumb. <laughs> right. Is, is, what I, is what I've heard from people. Um, so we uh, actually today, usually Tiana shares a poem or often Tiana shares a poem, but today we actually have a poem from a listener. And so I just thought just a brief reminder that if you are a poet or a writer or neither of those, but you just like... Want to try to get in the mind of a, a, a villain character? If, if Feel free to write something and send it to us. Um, we try to share them on the episode as much as possible, but sometimes we share them on Instagram or on our website. So feel free to send those to us via Instagram at NextdoorVillain or, or by email at NextdoorVillain at gmail.com. And on our website, we do have a submission form that you can also use to submit. Yeah. Made Corbick is from Tuzla and is 21 years old. In his spare time, he writes poetry that is repeatedly praised as well as rewarded. He also selflessly helps others around him, and he is a moderator of the World Literature Forum, WLFPH, World Literature Forum, Peace and Humanity, for humanity and peace in the world. Amazing, Maid. Here is his Tom and Jerry poem, State Forces at Any Cost. He doesn't test anything for the hero, Jerry. Just a little luck to give him because he thinks he can be a loser and the Mediterraneans don't really like it. They support only one side and they did not see that it was a wrong state of mind for even the bad sometimes have all the good and that is all the struggle for survival is essential. It is very magical to watch those moments of childhood changing each other in four walls with that color and speech, hairy and dirty. He just wants to win and the way to annoy your friend. Sometimes forgive him lightly for some mistake, but all this is unfortunately so short-lived. 
for what is the life of Nanvidain, who wants everything for himself. So Austin Band behavior becomes Felin in age. We forgive him. He knew it was only drug the screen. Sean feelings his emotional state, so he is just a brave cat who wants evil. But it brings something good in the end, which we will all one day discover for sure. But he, he is brave, and so funny to all of us. Without her life of meaning, I will not have. So now comrades, let's raise our glasses in the air and finish forever. Let it be for coming for the youngest children to choose who is the winner in the game. Thanks again for sharing. Uh, that was that was great. And now we got to end like we always do. Not always, like we now do. Oh yeah, the rating. I forgot. By rating our villain. And today we are going to rate Tom on a scale of cats. How many? <laughs> how many cats? Uh, oh no, paw prints. How about paw prints? Paw prints. Okay. How many paw prints out of five? do you give tom i give him five paw prints <laughs> <laughs> i, sh I sh should have known because he's Is a it cat because he's a cat no i mean that's part of it i mean that's a big part of it i mean yeah that's a good chunk i'm gonna go the opposite direction and give him one out of five paw prints okay. and the reason is because i just don't think he's a villain oh i think jerry antagonizes him and I think he has every right to go after Jerry. And kill him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. I think Jerry deserves to die. Uh, nice. No, not, not entirely. I, I do think it would benefit Tom if he could just let it go and move on with his life. I think if he could see a therapist or if he could maybe practice meditation, that that would do a lot for him. Maybe get neutered. That maybe. might help. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, <laughs> I guess. But ultimately, I don't really understand what we're rating on. <laughs> uh, but as a villain, if that's how I'm deciding my rating, <laughs> I just don't think he's much of a villain at all. I think he's uh, doing his rightful duty as a cat and he's being antagonized. Take Jerry out of the picture. I don't think Tom does evil. So I, I like Tom a lot, and my rating of him does not mean that I dislike him. I just don't think he's very good as a villain Yeah, because he's not a villain. That's fair. That's my stance. That's fair. He's just a cute little kitty. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. My name's Joe Anderson, and, and this is and Tiana Hennings is the other person you've heard talking today. Uh, again, you could support us uh, on Patreon if you'd like. We'd really appreciate it. Next door villain, or no, wait, wait. patreon.com slash next door villain. I don't know why I can never remember that. Yeah. We're also on all the, the social medias at next door villain. You can find us next door villain at gmail.com. Next door villain.com is our website. TikTok is at next door villain podcast. And I just put up a TikTok yesterday. Nice. Go check so, out that TikTok. Yeah. Joe has no idea what it is or what it's about, but... Yes, I don't have TikTok. I refuse. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Go hug a cat. See you next time. <laughs>